This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry. Call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. B-E-C-K. You know, the great thing um, uh, about this president is he's a genius, and we just don't, I mean, I, I don't think we appreciate him enough. Nah, that's what I was going to say. He's not appreciated. Not, not appreciated enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course he's appreciated. Not enough. But not enough. Not nearly enough. And, you know, he told us all about Obamacare, and we wouldn't listen. And we didn't listen to him. And now, I mean... Well, okay, doctors uh, are panning Obamacare in a survey. Uh, According to the Journal of American Medical Association, 52% of physicians look at Obamacare uh, in an unfavorable light. In the general medical situation, 48% say it's favorable. So 52 to 48. Um, I would have expected it actually to be much higher than that because I, I only hear negative stuff from doctors. Yeah, I mean, that's probably somewhat of a, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy since we're on the air all the time talking about, Could be. you know, I mean, I think that's probably part of it. Although, you have to remember that going into this, a lot of doctors did favor the idea of some sort of universal health care system. So, I mean, the fact that the majority of them now oppose it is is pretty significant. I would like to see if, if you went and looked at doctors um, and what their, who they voted for, let's say, in 2008. Um, you know, I would I would imagine it leaned pretty Democrat. Um, uh, you know, I could be wrong on that. I don't know. I mean, I, no, my doctor did. I didn't uh, hear you there, Jeffy. No, oh, mm. you, you've got microphone issues. Uh, Jeffy's uh, microphone performance issues now. and microphone issues now. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, so Jeffy's going to join us in just a minute when he figures out how to you know, turn on his. How to get on the air. Um, so uh, yeah, but I mean, I would imagine. We, I mean, there's a poll somewhere. Of what doctors voted in 2008, but I would imagine they I'd probably like voted. It. They probably leaned left. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know if I would. You wouldn't say that? that, really? Yeah, I I, I don't know. It'd, it'd be interesting to see. Now that you've said that, I, I'd like to I'd like to see. But what I, what I think because 36 percent of physicians said the Affordable Care Act had a negative impact on their on the medical practice overall. 23 percent. So this is a much wider margin. 23% said it had a positive impact. So 36 to 23% negative to positive. Now, what I'm afraid of is that uh, the president just didn't explain this well enough to him. 
That's what it... Yes. He just... He didn't explain it well enough. Uh, it, it was... Everything would be great with all, with 100% of physicians. Had Obama just explained it? I mean, we hardly ever heard about it. It was like, what? All of a sudden... Oh, by the way, we're voting on this bill. It's a health care thing. You're going to love it. And then it was over. And nobody got a chance to talk about it. So we really didn't get a chance to put it, you know, out there and talk about it and help Americans understand. So that was the real issue. Uh, 25% of doctors said that Obamacare had a negative impact on the quality of patient care. 18% said positive. 35% said the health care law had a negative impact on the ability to meet patient demand, and 10% said positive. Uh, 44% of physicians said Obamacare had neg negative impact on the cost. 21% said it had a positive effect. It, it was supposed to be. Well, it's called the Affordable Health Care Act, and it's anything but. 44% uh, said it had a negative impact on patient co uh, health care cost. And 21% said positive. And everything I've seen from people who have been forced onto it or who have, uh, for whatever reason, got onto uh, Obamacare, some kind of, you know, they've been in the exchange, it's universally negative. I, I mean, I, I don't even know where the positive uh, experiences are coming from. Uh, I, I think mostly just people who like Obama. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, and that like you know, yeah. if you like Obama, generally you're gonna give him a break. You know, right. I mean, I think that happened with Bush with some of the stuff he did. I think Republicans went along with things like uh, the uh, plan. Uh, I was gonna say Plan B. That would be an interesting bill. Um, the uh, Medicare Part D. Medicare Part D, uh, which was you know a big government entitlement mm -hmm. uh, that George Bush passed, and a lot of Republicans supported. Not us. Um, no, uh, but still, uh, a lot did. Yeah. And it was able to, you know, be, pa I mean, you know, real conservatives, a lot of them, you know, Rick Santorum is one. We've, we've talked to him over the years about that. And, uh, you know, even though it's performed better than other entitlements, it's still an entitlement. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you look at it and you say, well, that a lot of times people get on their teams, right? Mm, yeah. You know, you see that yeah. a lot. Um, you do. So uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I, I was looking back as I was looking for uh, the other poll, uh, I, I stumbled upon this one, which is the Physicians uh, Foundation, who released a similar poll earlier this year, which I had not seen. 46% um, of doctors um, gave Obamacare a D or an F. Wow. 25% yeah. um, gave it an A or a B. So that one's even more dramatic yeah, it is. than this poll. I hadn't even seen that one. Um, uh, the bottom line is it's obviously not working. Um, you, have a, you have a situation where... Uh, you know, even with, the, you know, where the, you might support the president in general, you still look at this policy and say, wow, this is a crap heap, uh, especially the people in the middle of it. Uh, yeah. You know? According yeah. to this, um, in 2008, 40% uh, of doctors were for Obama. And what were, and 40% to? It said president, this was a 2000, they're talking, this is a 2012 story, so it says. Oh, that's the Romney but, one, right. Uh, yeah, but he said that the support among physicians since 2008 uh, when he drew 40% of their vote. Oh, okay. So he drew 40% mm. in 2008. So it is right around where the yeah. support levels were, mm -hmm. I guess you'd assume. That's interesting. I thought, I, that's interesting. Uh, are there any callers for Ivan? Ivan, give us any. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just Is there a number that's only good call? Doing a talk show. Yes, there. Alec. Uh, yeah. It's right there in front of you. Um, <laughs> any callers? I, I, was, I, I was just uh, looking for the story because I, I saw it last night. Uh, the UHC, the, so our, our largest health care provider, United Healthcare wants out. 
in a in a big way. Uh, once out of this Obamacare mess, it has cost them. They said five hundred million a year. I mean, uh, of course they want out. It's it's America's largest health care provider. Uh, they said they should have waited or gotten out or not gotten into it at all. Mm -hmm. uh, the head, the CEO of UHC, is not happy with it. Uh, they're they're getting crushed. They're getting crushed from it. So I, I don't know how. I, I really I honestly don't know how um, the administration will spin this. If anybody, I guess maybe nobody will ask him about it. Um, maybe they, it won't be brought up at the uh, well, White House press conference today. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe you're right. It pro probably won't be. Um, if it is, it will be a, well, Republicans yep, have yes. obstructed. Yes. We haven't explained it well enough to the yeah. UHC CEO. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay to lose $500 million a year. <laughs> well, and that's really, the, really the truth, right? I mean, the, the bottom yeah. line is, it's okay because we think it's good for exactly. Yep. So exactly. So who cares if it hurts and, you? And here's the the interesting thing about this is, they continually talk about how well we got the healthcare providers on. Of course, you got the healthcare providers on board. How could you not? You must have healthcare. I mean, so, if you mandated mm -hmm. that you must buy the blaze. Well, we still wouldn't be for it, but it would be pretty okay if it passed. It would help, it would help the business. It would help the business. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Dang it. All right. I mean, yeah, we're not usually in favor of government intervention, but in this case, it seems pretty important. <laughs> right. Now, of course, as, you're, as you correctly point out, we would still oppose it. We but would. still, uh, if they did it, it would be pretty good for the business, even if... They say, well, you know what, uh, maybe we only get half price. It would still be good for the business. When you require <laughs> yes. uh, uh, everyone yeah. to purchase it, it's usually pretty good. Let's see, 140 million American homes must have it. Okay, yeah, we'll take half price. Yeah, uh, we'll, <laughs> yeah we could probably we'll get five bucks instead of ten on that one. Uh, <laughs> economies of scale, economies of scale. Now, I mean, I, you know, look, there's uh, healthcare, it's certainly a complicated thing. I, you know, um, I'm not surprised that they're losing money, but I'm not surprised they were for it. Um, you know, we'll see. Right now, the issue is you get someone who comes in and says, well, you have to, everyone in America must buy a Happy Meal. Um, and uh, you know, McDonald's is going to be excited about that on the onset. When they see how bad the program is, is run, mm -hmm. um, and they're now saying, holy crap. Now, I feel zero percent sympathy I, for I these know, companies. Me too. me too. They helped push this through. Me too. They've helped ruin our health care system, and right. I, I don't care at all if they lose all of their money, to be perfectly honest about it. Um, but it does show that, as has been the repeated, boring at this point case, the conservatives were right. Conservatives talk about this issue in depth before it happened. And, you know, it mm -hmm. wasn't, this isn't, um, it's not like Glenn coming up with some crazy prediction that comes true. This is basically looking at the plan and doing a basic analysis of what uh, it entails and how it would run. And as we've seen, with no surprise to this room uh, and to this audience, we've seen that, again, you know, this is what happens. These things are run poorly. They don't work. They don't help. They wind up hurting. And even the doctors are saying that. I mean, yeah. And, and as you point out, we predicted this from the beginning. This is, I mean, it's really the fulfillment of everything we said at the beginning of this. Uh, has already come to pass. So it, it, it is a little bit boring at this point. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Also, uh, House Democrat is saying that uh, Barack Obama 
could cause a devastating nuclear war with Russia. Obama is sending an expeditionary force of U.S. Uh, military special operators to carry out raids against ISIS in, a, in Iraq and Syria, a move that expands on the decision to send about 50 special operators to Syria to coordinate airstrikes. Uh, Representative Tulsi Gabbard suggested that Obama's decision to place American fighter jets equipped to target Russian planes on the border between Turkey and Syria could lead the U.S. into a nuclear war with Vladimir Putin. Um, Russia's installation of their anti-aircraft missile defense system increases the possibility of whether it's intentional or even an accidental event. Uh, I mean, that's true. Yeah, we could we could have some sort of run-in here. This is getting more and more likely with our forces and Russian forces mixing. That's eh, not a good idea. No, it's not. Um, and, and this is why, as, as bad as ISIS is, and it's bad. I mean, to me, Russia and China will always be our main threats because of the nuclear aspect of it. Oh, oh, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got a phone call from the 1980s, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> they want their policies back. <laughs> uh, Do you believe that that happened? Yeah, it's in amazing. a major debate, by the way. And was taken and given to the president as a win yeah. by the press. Right. The press uh, indicated that right. that was a big victory, and, and Mitt Romney looked like an idiot. Now, look, Mitt Romney, I'm, I'm no fan of at the moment. However, I will say, blatantly right about yeah. Russia. Oh, yeah. Um, and I will say that um, Iraq is saying that we, don't, that we don't want your help. We're good fighting terrorism. Keep your guys. So, I mean, they don't even they? want us there. So, okay. No, okay, see ya. Yeah, I'm fine with All getting right. the hell out of we don't Iraq. Need your, we don't I'm need your help with fighting terrorism. so done. With the entanglement in Iraq and Afghanistan, I'm so but I mean over ISIS is part of that now. I yeah, mean, they are. So, no, I know. You know. What do you do? I mean, it, you know, again, this is you know, it, I saw a really interesting article about uh, where the candidates stand, and you kind of look at um, mm. uh, there's a, there's a group of hawkish candidates. Marco Rubio is kind of the I would say maybe the lead guy. Jeb Bush is though on that front. Rick Santorum would fall in that category. I, I don't know Huckabee, really. I think he probably is in that category as well. You have a bunch of those. And, yeah, on the other side, you have Rand Paul, who is Rand Paul, you know, saying, you know, stay out of there as much as possible. The guy who's trying to cut the middle ground there is Ted Cruz. And, you know, I, it, it'd be interesting mm -hmm. to see if that works. Rubio is hitting him pretty hard on trying to find the middle ground, essentially saying you're not committing. Um, and uh, to me, I actually want the middle ground. Of those two things, I, I'm I'm done with the old George Bush way of going. You know, like I'm done with that. I'm I'm past that. I I, I don't want that anymore. But I, I am not comfortable with Rand Paul yet either. And no. so in the middle of there, there seems like a nice little area where we're not trying to get into new things all the time, uh, but our defense is still strong and we will stand up when when need be. Now Rand Paul would argue that's what he's saying. Um, uh, though I would I would say that I want I, I want something a little more hawkish than Rand. But I don't want it as hawkish as Rubio right now. I don't, and I don't want the... And the NSA thing is really the thing that turns me on it. Rubio's hitting Cruz and Rand Paul on, you know, these votes against NSA spying. And it's like, I, I'm sorry, I can't come with you there anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm done no with way. that. No way. No way. And the problem with Bush's policy in Iraq and Afghanistan was he told us one thing and did, did another. He promised us shock and awe. He promised us going in there, we're going to slaughter the enemy and we're going to get out. And then that is not what happened. Not even close. That is not what happened. What we did instead was go in there half-assed, uh, mess around, screw around, give them rules of engagement that got a lot of men killed. Uh, and then we got into nation building. And you just can't do that.
We just can't. I mean, we we can't be in strong. that business anymore. We started. I mean, Tommy Franks was. I mean, I was in Tampa during the time, and I mean, he and Tommy Franks ended up at Centcom, living in Tampa. But I mean, he started out strong in that war, and then they pulled the reins in, and just stopped him. Right. Instead of finishing it off, and uh -huh. it was like, what are you doing? Well, he told us from the beginning, you're going to see shock and awe. We're going to shock and awe you. They're going to shock, be shocked, and and then they'll they'll be in awe at how we killed them all. Well, the people that are left the, from the smoldering ash on the <laughs> edges. And then, and then you saw what shock and awe was, and it was nothing like what we were promised. It was nothing like what we were... I mean, you've had a few explosions. Oh, wow, that was impressive. What, what needs to be done is a World War II style, kill the enemy. Don't listen to any of your detractors. Get in there, shut the media up. Don't let them embed with your troops. Tell them to get the hell out of your way. <laughs> Go in there and crush the enemy and get out. <laughs> That's Which is really what, has what to Russia happen. and Iran will do if we were to you get out of there. You better believe it. If we were to get out of there, like they, uh, don't forget, Iran and Russia both asked, leave Assad alone. We want, we want Assad in there. Leave him alone. And, and there's, there's wisdom in that, couldn't too. Couldn't do that. Yeah. Barack couldn't do that. Mr. Mm -hmm. I'm smarter than everybody. So now, I mean, right. the, the, the thinking is if and we get out of there, let them do it. Let them do it. They'll do it. And the problem with Obama is he still demands Assad be out. He, they right. just said last week it is unacceptable that Assad be, he can't be there. Well, okay. Then you're going to get somebody worse. I mean, I, I'm gotcha. no fan of Bashir Assad, but he's, you're going to get something worse. At least he's a stabilizing factor in that region. And he certainly has no get track record Let's see. Uh, of being right on we need to get rid of these uh, dictators for something yeah. better. Yeah, right. There's, yeah. No, there's no good Other track than, record. Oh, look. Oh, uh, except for Egypt and, and by the way, Libya. Oh, the left made oh, yeah. all of these arguments about Saddam Hussein in 2003. He's a stabilizing feature, figure in right. that environment. Oh. And, and they, they were right. Things. And, you know, I mean, I, I mean, you look back right. on it and you're right. Now, are we better off without him? I don't know. I honestly don't know now. I really don't know. It might have been better to just leave it alone. I think the country. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think the country as a whole is better. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, you have ISIS how many, there. How many Iraqis I mean, are dead because of because of him being gone? Because of all the terror strikes that have happened. I mean, you know, you, th you think that we were troubled by terror strikes. The Iraqi people were much more troubled by the uh, hundreds of thousands dead. I think if you'd ask the Kurds, they're, you know, very happy about the change, even though they're still fighting for their Probably. lives. Um, I mean, they were, you know, getting gassed by their own president. Uh, <laughs> and now, you know, they, they, they've turned. I mean, as we saw in the documentaries we've been airing on the, on the network recently uh, and talking to Dan and Jason who were over there, I mean... You know, uh, Erbil is kind of nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. kind of a nice yeah. modern. You know, it's not it's not uh, you know New York City, um, but it's 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 got a lot of the features of a Western city. They mm -hmm. like the Americans there. They've um, got an actual safe. American part of town. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so there are you know there's been progress, but again, there's another chunk of this of the country that's taken over by ISIS. So you got to weigh the goods and the good and the bad. I think the thing that I've come through and why I've leaned away from the, kind of the old school. Uh, conservative position, or kind of where Rubio seems to be now, is the idea of just like with government, 
it's impossible to manage these situations. You can't tell what thing is going to break down. You can't, it, like, because, I mean, my initial criticism was similar to what you're talking about when, when, with Iraq, and, like, we didn't do it right. But the question I'm, I've developed over the years is, can you do is it, it right? right? I mean, I, you and, can. and you can. Yes, and we've proved that in the past. Yeah, uh, yes. I mean, I would, I would tend to agree with you. However, I would also say that there's no freaking way that they're doing that that way now. Not with these guys. No. No, absolutely no. not. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up in a sec. Uh, but right now, what we'd like you to do is get prepared because it's an unstable world, and you never know what's going to happen. And it might be job loss, or it might be a weather event, or whatever. And you're without food for a little while. Um, but you can get a two-week emergency food supply right now for fifty bucks. I mean, that's an unbelievable deal. You just call. My Patriot Supply at 888-893-7953. Yeah. Awesome deal. They will ship it to your door. Um, that's because they're very nice and they love you. Uh, they'll also, mm -hmm. well, it's, it's also that, it's also their business model. But they're <laughs> going to give it to you for free, which is awesome because uh, you don't have to deal with that. So you get really for 50 bucks, you get two weeks of food. And that's a great deal, obviously. No you ever, uh, I don't know, go out to dinner? Go out to a nice dinner. You're gonna, you could wind up, especially if you get appetizers, drinks. Salads. Around here, that's uh, breakfast or that's lunch. That's lunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's like... <laughs> I can do 50 bucks across the street at Wayback Burger. Yeah. <laughs> also, we should factor in the fact that we're all um, uh, overweight. overweight, so it does mm -hmm. seem to run the bill up. But mm -hmm. you can actually eat for two weeks for 50 bucks with good food, like uh, we got the chocolate pudding here, we got the uh, uh, mac and cheese. I mean, really good does food. Taste good too. So if you actually have to get to that situation where you're using your food supply, man, wouldn't it be nice to have yeah. some food that actually tastes good? Yes, it would. And the thing used to be, well, if you're hungry enough, you'll eat a stick. Yeah, I, I, I don't yes. have to. I've got, I've got, right. you know, like fettuccine Alfredo. Triple eight eight nine three seventy nine fifty three. Call My Patriot Supply right now. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a seventy-two hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just ten bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry, call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. We <coughs> That might actually be a good discussion for radio, too. And, and get people's thoughts of, uh, on the phone about it. Uh, but, you know, 14 years later, are, is Iraq, is the region, is the world better off without Saddam Hussein? I, mean, I, I, I guess most of our listeners would probably say yes. Um, but if you really stop and think about what's transpired uh, in the vacuum created there, I don't know. I know. I mean, this is kind of the, the kill baby Hitler kind of, too. You know? I sort mean, of. You just don't know. Uh, Stu's right. I mean, we. Yeah. Uh, are we better be doing it right? Maybe, but we're never going to do that now. I mean, turning it, just going in and wiping if, them out. If a Ted Cruz gets elected, uh, and it comes to that, I think he would do it right. I, th I think. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. There, you know, know, we've talked about this before, and there is an agreement, or there was an agreement, and, and we've <laughs> we've talked about this on radio. And it sounds conspiratorial, and it sounds uh, ridiculous, I guess. But the world leaders got together, and the, what was the name of the book? It was called. Uh, it was by Carol uh, Quigley. Quigley, and uh, I forget what the name of it is, but he wrote it in the late fifties, early sixties, like sixty-two-ish. And he, he said, "Wars will no longer be fought the way that we used to fight them." 
We, there will never again be a war that is fought uh, all out. And ever since he wrote that book, that has been the case. You even look at the Russians going into Afghanistan. They didn't fight it that way. They went in and they got uh, mired in the muck and they, they got bogged down. And they allowed the Mujahideen to slow them up and, and defeat them. With our, with our help, of course, but are you telling me Russia couldn't have subdued <laughs> Afghanistan? Of course they could. Oh, if they God. went all out? Of course. Well, but are they were there me? for a while, right? I mean, they were there and got bogged down were, there, were, too. Right. They were there for the, about the same length of time that we were in uh, Vietnam, and we said it was their Vietnam. But, by the way, our Vietnam was fought the same way. Right. Bogged right. down, yeah, in the mire, we pushed them back, we let them come back, we pushed them back again. You know, and it's really kind of how we fought Korea, too. So, I, I don't know. It's the, the only it's way you're ever going to see another one of those types of wars, in my opinion, is, and God forbid, I hope it never happens, but it would be a massive, <clears throat> sustained attack on our homeland where, like, you're in Los Angeles and there's fighter jets coming over and bombing things, and that's your, part of your regular life. At that point, the United States will say, holy crap, I don't care what the hell you do. That's what you need for the American people right. to be mm -hmm. able to, like, I don't care. I don't care if you're dropping bombs on hospitals. Right. Do it. Right. And, I, and God forbid that ever happens, but at some point when you have a survival instinct, you've got to say, hey, you know, we, like, certainly we would not advocate um, dropping nuclear weapons on anyone unless we really thought millions of our own people were going to die. And that's where mm -hmm. we got in World War II, and we were correct, by the way, in that assumption. So I, I don't think anything like this, like <clears throat> ISIS, uh, is Syria, uh, Iraq, uh, people being decapitated on a beach in a, a country most people will never visit, those things are not going to get, uh, would, would not bring that type of action, even with a Ted Cruz. Uh, you know, like, I think you'd... I think Cruz would do the best job possible, and that's all I think I can ask for. Mm -hmm. You know, like I want someone who's not going to care about the media all the time, and I want someone who's going to fight it with work with his military um, uh, people and actually fight it the right way. But I, I don't think you can do it those ways anymore. I, I don't think it's possible. Um, and you know, part of that is good, right? I mean, like it's good because we're not the only country making that decision. Um, you know, the idea that we have bombs that hit their targets is a positive. You know, I mean, I, we, the reason we carpet bombed is not because we wanted to kill innocent people. It's because we didn't know how to hit anything. You just hit everything. <laughs> you know? um, but, I mean, like, for example, you look at, like, um, uh, what is it, the Zone Rouge in France? Um, large swaths of the country that you just can't go to because nothing can grow. Nothing can, uh, there's shells everywhere, many of them still un that have not exploded from back in the day, and they don't know if you if we walk over it, they might explode. I mean, basically a giant chunk of the country that is now dead and because of World War II. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't do those things largely because they're not good. Um, but when you have situations like this, that's the only way you're going to win. You're not going to beat ISIS by going in there and, and, and playing with them. You, you have to show overwhelming you force. Do. And, you, you know, you shock do. and awe for all of its downsides because we didn't do it. It was actually a pretty good approach. Um, you know, the only issue is the shock is not a, a shock and over. It's, it's a shock and shock and shock and shock and shock and shock and shock. And over a long period of time, the awe sets in. Right. It's not a day. Right. And I think that's one of the ways we did miss the boat on that. Yeah, we did. And so, yeah, there, I, I think there's two ways to go about this ISIS thing. And one is with over, overwhelming force. You send 300,000 troops and you, you just you go in there and 
you do the tar the hard work, the door-to-door -door stuff, the you know all of that. But that's going to cost a lot of American lives. Um, and the other way is, I, you know, like Marcus Luttrell gave us the idea a long t a while ago. Uh, you know, give him three hundred. I think he said Marines, but I, I I'd send in Navy SEALs and uh, remove all rules of engagement. And say, you know what? I just want to hear when you're done. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and then you allow the Navy SEALs to take care of this. They kill people at a 300 to 1 ratio. I, they could do call this. Bill, let them know what you need. We'll right. get it to you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll give you every tool you need. We're going to remove the rules of engagement. Go in there and kill ISIS members. Kill them all. And then they do, they do it. And, and at a 300 to, to 1 ratio, uh, they would do it. They would do it, and that's their. That's about their average. So, uh, I yeah. I just. I mean, but it, is anybody going to do that? It does seem Probably like not. at least again the rules of engagement part of this are, is, are always the big issue because mm -hmm. you know it's not just the getting these guys there. It's 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 letting them do their jobs, which is always right. the situation that's a problematic. You bring up a you know. Uh, having the troops uh, deployed with with the or excuse me the media deployed with the troops as they go into battle and it's like mm -hmm. that idea I remember when that happened in Iraq and you're just like what you're doing what like, I know like it I, was bizarre now of course covering war is something that's important to the society the, the idea that we can actually look back and uh, analyze these things and see what people did is important um, but it's uh, is it the responsibility of our military to go in there and pr protect the media, like it's, no. it's kind no, of one of those things. Like, yeah, you want to go there? Go, good luck. It started in Vietnam, or maybe even started before then, yeah. really. But I mean, you know, Vietnam was big time. Yeah, and look at them. how that worked out. Oh, know, they, they killed since. us. Yeah. It was more the media that killed us oh, than, yeah. than the Vietnamese. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's it's kind of a it's a bizarre sort of thing. I, I don't know. I, you know it, it is a difficult question. I mean, you could argue, and I think Obama would. That he, in some ways, is taking on that Marcus Luttrell plan. I mean, they're sending special forces to the countries. Yeah, have but what, he's not going to do right it. Right now, they have 50. They've yeah. started with 50, right? I mean, what, what did Marcus say, 300? 300. Now, he, Marcus was in an interview. I don't know that he was saying, hey, hey here's, here's the exact strategy we right. use. What he was right. saying, basically, send some special forces mm -hmm. in there and we'll get the job done. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are sending special forces. We're getting special forces from other countries. We're supposedly upping the amount of special forces that are going in there. The We've question is, what are special they, forces. What are we gonna, now no, up, up yours. yours. So what, the question is, what are they going to be able to do? What are they going to allow them to actually accomplish that? Right, that's the and thing. And that's really the big thing. That's the thing. That's the big thing in all of these wars. You yeah. know, it's not like we don't have the best military. It's not like we don't have the best tools. But as ISIS said to us, hey, you're killing us with $250,000 missiles. We're killing you with 50-cent bullets. Yeah. You know, it's, you better have the right strategy when you go into a situation like that. 888-727-BECK. More patents do coming up. Hello. A lot of people say it's the best show all the time. Oh, yeah, I did hear that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. People are just saying that all over the place. Best show ever of all, all time. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, we've been hearing a little bit about these white student unions. Um, some have popped up in America. Apparently, many are popping up in Australian universities. So-called white student unions are springing up at universities across Australia, charged with uh, 
supporting and defending the interests of white students who they say are becoming marginalized from on-campus life and political debate. Huh, I mean, that's... Thank you, that my computer just restarted. And you were a party to that. To, <laughs> it's helpful. to hear the pretty sound. Because I remember when you hit the button to restart it. Yeah, no. No? Uh-uh, no. no. What? It's, a, it's one of those things that just kind of did. Wait, no. It just decided on its Certainly own. Microsoft doesn't have the exact same problem they've had since 1990. With no, computers they, just they actually the do. Really? Yeah, it's not surprising. So they've been able, they haven't been able to fix that in the, in the past 25 years. Well, there's nothing to fix, Stu. I mean, it, you, your computer needs to restart. I know. It's, it's like, how on <coughs> earth can they still be doing this? Of forcing you into updates in the middle of your work. Right. It's I, I can't believe that still happens. <laughs> it's amazing. Have enough people not complained to yeah, Microsoft it, about that? I, I mean, I, really? I, it does seem impossible. To yes, that. it does. It's it does. one of those things that just... We just feel like, well, eventually, like they'll, they they'll obviously realize it. it's an issue and eventually they'll take care of it. They never take care of it. And it's like, it's the most annoying thing in the world. You're in the middle of typing a document and your computer just restarts for an update. <laughs> like, I don't want a freaking update right now. I know, things just start closing down and you're like, whoa, 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 what'd I do? And no. you, you didn't do anything. No. Your computer decided it needed to shut down right now. Yeah, and they, you what? know, they occasionally, I don't know, 50% of the time, will give you a little pop-up yeah. window that says, Yeah, hey, every once in a while it'll say, do you, you want, want to, to do it now or do you want to do it later? But postpone. it doesn't always happen. Right. Uh, or it doesn't always pop up, whatever. You know, maybe if you're clicking on something at that moment, when it pops up, it just hides or whatever it right. is. But it's like, I don't know, maybe alert us again. Maybe the whole outline of the screen starts flashing red uh, five minutes before it's about to freaking uh, restart. Yeah. Um, how about it doesn't restart until I say it's okay to restart? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, it's so it's so bizarre. It's And it's, the, it it's endless. I got to the point, I mean, you see here, I mean, this is the way I've solved it. Uh yeah, it's hard to see. Uh, you see a little apple there. There, right, there, it, is. there it is. There it is. Um, and, 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 you know, Apple's far from perfect. They've got their own issues. But still, it doesn't do that. <laughs> I'm never in the middle of typing mm -hmm. something. It's like, okay, there goes your work. Bye-bye. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> what is that? And, I, you know, I've talked to a million people to try to get that solved, and it just does not seem like well, there they, is a solution Everybody to it. says, well, you can turn that off. You can turn off the automatic update. Can you? Yeah, well, it never works. I, if you try I, to I've never, I, and by the way, we're talking with multiple IT people. who I'm not talking yes. about me, and yeah. I gave it to Jeffy, and Jeffy, you know, dropped a milkshake on it and expected <laughs> it to work. I'm saying, we, you know, we've gone to a lot of people to get that to happen. And you can happens. click on that postpone. <laughs> And it lets you postpone it for for four so hours. A couple. What if couple I want to postpone it forever? Yeah. I and should then be able it to. Says, we we think you've postponed it enough. We're just going yeah. to do yes. it. Yes. No, if it. you if you do postpone it like three or four times, yeah. eventually no, it doesn't even enough. ask you anymore. Yeah. Like I asked him too many times, and he said no. So I'm just going to do this. Yeah. It's like the well, government. You're a computer. Leave me. I I don't want to restart. I don't want to. Why Why must it anyway? I mean, and and the update. Is never anything you need never or anything or you see as useful. Like you've seen now, it's something probably behind the scenes, maybe. like maybe a security hole, and right. then that's probably why they force you into it. So they know you can be, let's say, hacked, or the system can be uh, screwed with. So until you update, it can be screwed with. So people are trying to exploit those weaknesses, and they need you to update so that weakness is closed. Um, of course, that's their fault, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not my fault, and right. my document's fault. Your fault. Uh, but still, I, I can understand that when, when you would restart a computer, it would install those updates 
to, uh, you know, sure. without necessarily going, you know, asking you every single time. Do you want to, you know, some security update that's happening behind when you restart the computer? Fine, but don't force me to restart it. I know. Oh, it drives me crazy. And is there anybody Especially in the world? when I'm typing it. Like, it's one thing if it's just sitting, I don't know, like, sitting there, you save all the files. Like, there's some process in which, like, you know, a couple of times I've had to restart this computer um, in the middle of nowhere, and it will at least bring up the windows the same way that they were. That doesn't right. happen with, oh, that's good. with, with, uh, I mean, I'll be in the middle of typing a sentence and I'll just lose five paragraphs. Yeah, I know. And it's just like, how does that Oh my gosh, that's frustrating. What I've been in the middle of monologues and it's happened. Yeah, it happens. I mean, and, yeah. I, I, or, or, or writing a book, you know, you're writing a chapter for, a, for one of Glenn's books or something. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And I go, oh, my God, you know, no. mm-hmm. oh, it's the worst feeling at least with in the, phones, the world. At least with the phones, uh, they will start acting funny. Like the, you won't, <clears throat> won't open a window or something. What's wrong with this thing? And then you'll, I, you'll realize. You'll realize. restart this. Yeah, something thing. needs to happen. So, okay. Right. Okay. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Is there anybody in the world? Who shuts down their computer completely and turns it off at every when you're finished using it? No, I just close the thing and put it in my bag. Right, and I never turn it off because I want the work to be there when I power it back up. Go through that whole process. Right, Right. I will say this is probably their argument though is that no one turns their computers off anymore, so they never update. So it is. I guess that's partially our fault because you're supposed to turn it off after every use. Is really? there a you know, single human who does? You know what? Here's a, here's a way to. I'm just going to be a crazy idea. Um, uh, then if you don't want that us to be using the sleep function, don't put a sleep function on it. <laughs> That's a good point. You know? Good point. Uh, uh, all right. So we're this, really off topic. But these, uh, these white student unions. Yes. Um, at least seven unofficial union, unions have formed at a rapid speed in the past week um, to represent students of European descent, University of Queensland, and others in uh, Australia you've never heard of. However, there are allegations that the movement is, in fact, an elaborate attempt to troll universities and the media by the likes of users of online bulletin boards. Uh, if it's a hoax, pretty sophisticated one, with members reaching out to news.com.au uh, to share their views uh, and the need to advance the interests of white students. I, I would say the ones in America, I don't know what's going on in this Australia. But based on what's happening with Black Lives Matter and some of the other nonsense that's happening um, on university campuses all over the country, it seems like a legitimate response to what's going on to me. Because if you can gather blacks together and they can fight for what their special interests are, and you can gather Hispanics together and do the same thing, and Asians, and they all do, and Native Americans, and they all do, why in the hell can white students not get together to fight for what they want? Because it's racist. It, right. It, it, for some reason, it is. I mean, I, guess. It, I, don't, I don't get that. It's not, um, of course. Uh, it, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of the groups that do it are the ones that are racist. Uh, so that kind of, right. you know, that winds up happening a lot. I would say, though, that what's supposed to happen here, in my view, if you have, obviously, there are white supremacist groups out there. Obviously, they're very minor in number, but there are, they do exist. So putting them aside for a second, you'll see uh, groups do this a lot. And they'll be like, well, we're going to have a, you know, a white bake sale. Remember, they, you know, like college groups will do this. College Republicans, we're going to have a affirmative action bake sale. And, uh, you know, you, could, you pay based on your race and all these things. And, and they're, what they're meant to do is to show how dumb the idea is. Like a white student union, what that should do is, is to, to other races, they should say, 
wow, we don't like when white people all gather together and fight for what white people want. Maybe we shouldn't uh, have these types of groups either. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not the correct way. Maybe skin color isn't the best way to group ourselves. That never happens. And maybe we should try fighting for what's right for everyone. That instead would be of nice, but, but that's the problem. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. Never happens. Um, so that message doesn't get through. So it winds up being just this uh, point you're making, which is cute and and positive uh, as far as like it shows how dumb the idea is. I mean, and the whole point of uh, you know Martin Luther King and colorblind, I, the idea of being colorblind is not that so you could all every other group except white people gathers as a race. Mm-hmm. That's not the point of that. If it is, then it's stupid. Uh, the point is, you're supposed to not care about that sort of stuff. It's not supposed to be about color. It's not supposed to be about that. Um, and you know, I, I can't say that uh, um, uh, you know uh, that y- you shouldn't be able to do it because it's a free country and you should be able to uh, associate with whoever you want. But it should be something we encourage. It's amazing how mm-hmm. colleges go through and be like, "Oh, absolutely, we're excited to have these black people stay over there by themselves so that they can only be with each other and no one else talks to them." Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, look, this is what happened in Missouri. Mm-hmm. They, the black people wanted a safe zone and no white people, even their supporters, involved with them. That's crazy. And everybody was fine with it. Yeah, everyone was fine with it. Everyone's fine with it. Uh, Jeffy's trying to put together a fat people union right now and uh, get some support. <laughs> I'm joining, by the way. Yeah, me too. I've decided me to join. Too, so, so we are joining. <laughs> so you. you will have some help. Fat lives matter. More patents do come fat up. Fat lives do time. matter. Mm-hmm. Hashtag. Do matter. Hashtag. Yeah, that, we'll see that probably today somewhere. Hashtag fat people matter. Well, it's all over. People love Jeffy and they say hashtag fat lives matter to Jeffy quite often on Twitter. (laughs) Sadly, they do. Triple eight seven two seven back. As discussed on uh, the radio an hour or two ago, um, it turns out that uh, Olivia Culpo, who is Miss Universe, Miss America, then Miss Universe, and Tim Tebow, did not have sex. That ah! part, part of the story was true. Uh, but they didn't have sex because they never dated. I told you. This is so. a BS story. Yep. Total BS story. I guess that's them together, right? Or is that no, Photoshop? Is that, oh, that's a split screen. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't even together in that picture. Uh, it's <laughs> great. So, uh, sources close to the football quarterback are telling TMZ Sports, yeah, they didn't date. The American Beauty dumped the athlete after a two-month relationship because he wouldn't have sex. That was according to the New York Daily News showbiz blog. According to the gossip publication, Olivia told her pals she could not deal with his abstinent lifestyle. But TMZ said the relationship between Nick Jonas's ex-girlfriend... Oh, so Nick Jonas went out with this girl, too? Wow. No it, idea. It's good to be a superstar. Man. <laughs> uh, and the devout Christian never went beyond the rumor stage. Although the website confirmed the two had been out together as a part of a group of mutual friends, they'd never gone out on a one-on-one date. And apparently they didn't have sex in front of everybody either. So, um, no? <laughs> no. Mm. No. So, I guess... Birds. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Who's who's with me on that? Right. Um, Very prudish. Yeah, it's just one of the another one of these examples of just really dumb things that happen in the media. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I just. I mean, it, it was a fun topic because you know he's a super good guy, 
Yeah, big Christian guy, and <clears throat> you it's, like the fact that he's 28 and a virgin, supposedly. You like the fact that he could resist her. You like the fact yeah, it's that... it's an interesting topic in theory. It just, mm -hmm. I mean, whether... It just doesn't seem just like... Just in practice, it just didn't happen. No, it just it's didn't the, occur. That's yeah. the only minor thing. I mean, and honestly, like, <laughs> it doesn't mean that you can't have that discussion. Mm -hmm. You'd say, look, I, we did it yesterday. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't yeah. know that I buy this story, but in mm -hmm. theory, if it were happening, here's what I think about it. That's, that's still yeah. a, an okay thing to do, I think. Um, uh, speaking of stupid things uh, that have been said in the media, Obama really had this moment uh, yeah. over the weekend where I, would you say, Jeffy, you think he, after he said it, realized how I, dumb it was? I watched it. The first time I watched it, I thought, you idiot. And then I watched it again and I thought, at, after he said it, in his mind, you know, he's kind of slouched over and he was yeah. kind of looked tired. I think he realized in his mind, man, that was stupid. Yeah, because here's the comment. It's about shootings, uh, mass shootings and how they don't happen in other countries while he's standing in Paris. Watch. With respect to Planned Parenthood, uh, obviously uh, my heart goes out to the families of those impacted. Um, I mean, see, Nancy, I, I, I say this every time we've got a, one of these mass shootings. He goes back to his talking point. This just doesn't happen in other countries. Okay, here it is. Then he realizes where um, he's at. What a uh -oh. dumbass. Uh -oh. See, now he's like, oh. You know, we, we are rightly... Uh-oh. Uh, 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 yeah, um, determined, determined to prevent to terrorist attacks wherever they occur. See, yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah. I think you're right. Then he starts babbling about terrorist Whether attacks. Whether in the United States or yeah, with friends and allies like France. Every, which is talking points. Uh, and and enormous resources, and properly so. Oh, uh, wait, a mass shooting just happened here, the likes of which we've never uh, seen in America. Debilitating. Never, uh, never seen. Like never seen. And maintaining <laughs> I mean, the intelligence, like, uh, unbelievable. The information sharing. I mean, what was uh, what was the death toll? Of, of, All right, we got enough of those who uh, just continue. Uh, what's the death toll of Virginia Tech? Do you remember? Thirty-two. And that's the biggest one ever. Right? Biggest ever. Yeah. So they did a hundred more mm -hmm. than our worst. Um, and, and we're the only country that does it. I mean, that has where it happens. Uh, it, by the way, it, the interesting okay. thing, and this is uh, buffoon. This is uh, so I was reading about this yesterday. There's Ugh. a new study going around that shows that. While the incidence of mass shooting, the uh, total number of mass shootings in the U.S. is a bit higher. It's not as extreme as they make it out to be, but it's a bit higher than in, in countries in Europe. The death toll in each individual thing is much higher in Europe to the point where it's, this is before Paris. Right. It's about double. Uh, what the, the death guy. toll is uh, per incident. So it doesn't. Oh, yeah, because you look yeah. at places like Norway. Yeah. Where, oh, my God. The worst one. Or I was going to say the worst one ever was Norway, but now. Now I mean, it's Paris. Paris yeah. is, is a mash. I mean, I'm not going to say it's different. I mean, we actually act as if, oh, well, the, the one in New Orleans, that was a gang shooting, so that doesn't count. And the one over there, well, that was terrorist shooting, so that doesn't count. No, it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can sit here and deny. They're just as dead. Yeah, they're just as dead. The people are just as affected by yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, because it's the reason why we only include, you know, the white people in trench coats that go to schools as mass shootings is because that's the one the media wants you to think about. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not because others aren't going on. They are clearly, as we saw in Paris. Yeah. You offer somebody a choice. You want to be killed by a madman or a terrorist? Well, uh, neither. <laughs> yeah. It's kind um, of. I, no. Yeah. But if you had to choose, which, which would you rather? Right. Like, I, I mean, I. I'm not sure I have a preference on that one. Right. I, is, really? Is that my only choice? Is there a C? A, a D? None of the above? <laughs>
It's Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. This is going to surprise you because the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, chair um, said yesterday at the House Armed Services Committee hearing, well, I don't want to spoil his surprise. Let him say it. Here's what he said. General Dumford, can you tell me, if, as, as the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, if you know? We, we are technically not at war, uh, okay. Representative Ford. So if we're effectively not at war, let me ask you it this. We, have we currently contained ISIL? Uh, we have not contained ISIL. Have technically. they been contained at any time since 2010? Uh, tactically, uh, in areas they have been. Uh, strategically, they have spread since 2010. So the answer is no. No, we have not contained them. That's, that that goes directly against what the president said, of course, we, that we've contained them. So I'm stunned. Uh, are you shocked by that? It's almost as if he doesn't Whoa. consider uh, what the actual truth is when he speaks. What, the president? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, it's almost, almost as like if that, that yeah. particular military guy doesn't want his job anymore. <laughs> I know. So that's why it's so surprising that he actually said it. And that's why. Well, how can you say anything else? I right. Mean, when asked directly, I mean, you could say out there, well, we've contained them. And then, you know, when Obama says, well, we've contained them, well, you, that could mean, I guess, anything. I mean, right. we've contained them in this one town. We've contained uh, the one person we've arrested. Uh, I mean, who knows what the <laughs> hell he's, you know, he'll come out with some way. When you're asked directly as a military guy, though, you've got to answer the question. And he does. And the answer is obvious. They have not succeeded. We have not declared war. We have not uh, done anything, really, I mean, uh, of significance uh, to stop this. And again, I don't even know that we have to, uh, but we do have to make sure we don't um, politically hold back, uh, you know, the warriors who actually do want to do the work uh, in these countries. And there are some. Uh, the being, the, you know, the biggest one that people would talk about. I am uh, really befuddled by the words of John Kerry, who told uh, Rolling Stone that uh, as far as defeating the Islamic State, he said... Well, all of this could come to a, an abrupt end uh, if we get our act together. <laughs> what, what does that mean, really? If we, and then, and then he was asked, "Well, do you feel like that's possible?" Uh, of course, it's possible. Uh, whether it happens or not is up to Iran and Russia. No, what Wait, our, I think we had to get our act together. What? <laughs> what? So we're depending on so Iran. Think about that from the Secretary of State. From the world's only, supposedly, the world's only superpower. Whether or not we get our act together and defeat uh, Islamic State is up to Russia and Iran? Wow, how in the hell can you say that? Embarrassing. I These mean, guys are just embarrassing. Embarrassing and harmful and, and just uh, ridiculous. It's just so stupid, the buffoonery in this administration. It, you, seriously, it's like fourth graders are running the country. I, I don't even know how, I, I, if you, like Glenn always uses the, well, if you wake me up in a, from a dead sleep at three in the morning, I can say that I'm, I'm not going to tell you whether we get our act together and, and beat ISIL is up to Russia and Iran. I, I'm never going to say that. Not in a million years. You're in an interview with Rolling Stone. You're the secretary of state. And you go ahead and say this. I don't understand. I mean, I just... It's really amazing. Uh, these are worse than fourth graders. Worse than fourth graders. Uh, incompetent buffoons, or is there something else, you know, afoot? I mean, they just obviously want to weaken us. I, I think it's so obvious that one of the goals is to bring us down so that others get closer to where we are. 
They, they hate the fact that we have a lifestyle and, and we have a situation that is so far above other people's uh, in, in other countries, and they're trying to fix that. I mean, they're making an income inequality argument? Yeah, it's income inequality. It's uh, military inequality. Mm -hmm. it, it is lifestyle inequality. Our president is and they very fond of traveling the country apologizing for the United States, the errors of our ways of the past. Well, look what he did what again in Paris, apart from the fact that he said in Paris where 130 people were just shot dead, that we're the only country where that happens. Again, bad-mouthing America in another country. Yep. How many times has this guy done that? I think every time yep. he leaves this country, he badmouths America in some way. Now, he would yep. claim that's not badmouthing America. It's just the facts. You know he would. It's just the facts. Right. It's not true. Not, First right. of all, it's been demonstrated <laughs> right. many, many times. I don't know. We didn't need to go through it yet again. But the point is, right. it's obviously... <laughs> Not accurate. Mm -hmm. um, and the evidence uh, is still being cleaned up a couple of miles down the road from where you're standing. Right. I mean, it's Just embarrassing. madness. Um, however, uh, you know, part of it also might be that at least here we do have, while the media is in his corner, without a doubt, there is a at least a, you know, talk radio and the Internet, and, and there is at least something to push back. When you're on the uh, overseas, you can say whatever you want, and mm -hmm. there's nobody there. They all believe. They all mm -hmm think America sucks too, just like him. So they're all kind of in the same boat and they can kind of talk about the same things and, well, it kind of feels good. You know, there's, there's the opposition. You don't have that pushback. You don't have the Fox News over there. I mean, I was, I'll give you an example of this. I was listening to um, um, a Fox affiliates, affiliated station on the way uh, into work today that airs on Sirius and they air many reports from um, their, their sister station, Sky News. You know, because they'll be talking about international events, and they'll just air one of their reports. It ain't Fox News, I'll tell you that. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, talking about, it's just like the Global Warming Conference sounded like we were all about to die by a giant tidal wave that was about to hit us. This is, well, uh, Fox, this is Fox News's sister station. In Europe, they sound like MSNBC. You know, to us, this wow. is what they sound like. And this is their, uh, you'd you think if anybody was going to say something conservative, it would be Sky News over, over there. Uh, no, no. At least not by the reports <laughs> that they air on, on the American station here. Oh, man. Holy crap. I mean, it was just mind-boggling. I wish I could. Re I wish I had it. I wish I, did I, they, wish I pulled it. Did they it. talk about the flying boulders that are coming? They did not talk about the flying boulders. They the just talked about... The flying boulders are what are scaring me so much. They just, it's just it's this, this idea that there's, you know, of course, no other way to do this. Uh, it's the only thing. It's absolutely catastrophic. It, oh, God, what was the... Oh, um, we're going to, um, you know, all, the sea level rise that is coming because of the melting ice and, and just going through all of the, you know, the Al Gore talking points with none of the nuance to them. Even <laughs> even the attempted nuance that Al Gore says, well, Dr. Maslowski says According that. to Thumb of Maslowski, the report, <laughs> right. in Thumb Thumber Month. <laughs> summer months. At some point in, in the In Thumb parts of the Arctic region. <laughs> right. Like, none of that's included. It's right. just everything's melting, all scientists say. And it's like, well... No. You understand why the percentages are higher in those countries. I mean, it's they're beat even. There's no pushback. Right. There's no none. there's none of this. None. What you're watching today, I mean, and, and what you might you know catch at some on some areas of Fox News and where you catch on the Internet and where you catch on uh, other conservative outlets. At least there's some pushback. By the way, you remember when they first started saying uh, on a regular basis that there was consensus among scientists and then it was something like 36,000 or 40,000 scientists signed a petition that said, no, we're not on board with it. 
Yeah, the Oregon uh, petition. Yeah. yeah. Whatever happened to that? Nobody ever talks about that anymore. Um, well, it was in the late 90s, so it's, it's pretty Was it old that long now. ago? Yeah. And when wow. it actually happened, it was in the late 90s. Wow. It was 1998. It was right around the Kyoto Protocol. So did they time. get all those people? Um, uh, what do you mean? Every one of them? They got all the people who signed the petition that were, no, we're not on board. Now they are on board? <laughs> or? Uh, no, 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 okay. no, they did not. In no, fact, they're, they're all dead. We have a. Uh, as <laughs> probably been killed by the Obama administration. <laughs> as you're talking about this wonderful world of Sue this weekend, which is uh, one of the last couple of episodes of the year, um, we are talking about uh, the 97% consensus number. And there is a. Uh, oh, I can't wait for yeah, that. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Let's play it right now. Let's play that segment right now. Let's do the entire show. Go ahead and back. We can't even wait for the show. Let's just go ahead and air that. Go ahead. Here, roll that, guys. Roll that segment that Stu's just talking about. It's not even finished. Coming up. It's not finished yet. We love it. It's a wonderful world of Stu. Friday night's live, right? Well, it would be live unless we air it right now. I mean, well, they can watch it again on Friday night then. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good for them. But we'll debut it here. Right now. No, that's not how this works. No, seriously, I want to see that. Yeah. I mean, and it goes into real studies of, and these are not. You know, the Oregon petition was um, was criticized because uh, the materials that were sent out with it um, uh, were had some skepticism in them. Now, I don't know why that's a problem. If you're a scientist and you're so sure mm-hmm. in your beliefs, you look at the skeptical material and say, well, I don't agree with that. Right, and, and then you don't sign don't the petition. Sign right. Yes. Well, they said, well, people looked at the material and they thought it was true, so they signed it. Well, what happened to the consensus argument? Right. They have to know this stuff for sure, so right? Like, it just shows how influenced people And, and a lot of these guys, were, I mean, weren't they, like, actual scientists? They were all actual scientists. And some of them were meteorologists. Right, like, it was their... It, they weren't all climatologists, which is another not all, criticism of But them. not all of these 97% they keep talking about. No, like, Almost is, none of them are climatologists. There is no 97%. Like, there, there was, it was a study of studies that said that a lot of them just... They, they weren't even studies about global warming, where people, like, if you're, you're studying something else that could theoretically be affected by global warming if it was happening. And you refer to it, they count that as, well, they must agree with it. Well, I mean, first of all, that's not how you do it. Mm-hmm. So the American Meteor- uh, Meteorological Society um, uh, did, it was a, I think it was the AMS, did a study of uh, thousands, it was multiple thousands of, of people, and this is like 2014, so this is not an old, old study. So it was last it year. It was last year. Um, and what they found was not even close to the 97%. In fact, there were uh, j- just at the the people who said it wasn't happening at all. Now, I don't even think would anyone even in this room say that the temperature has not risen? I mean, I I, no, I, I don't not. know for sure. Obviously, there's a, there are issues with the I, measurement. In 100 years, is, has the yeah. temperature risen? Yeah, my, probably, I'm, I'm willing probably. to accept 0.9 degrees over yeah, 100 years. I, that's fine. I, you know. Although I also accept the fact that the warming has stopped. Yeah, well, it has. For now. I mean, in it the has last uh, 20 years yeah. um, or, or so, give or take. Um, the point, though, is that there were way more, because if it's 97% agree, 3% disagree, right? Mm-hmm. There were four times, I believe, it was four times that amount that said it wasn't even happening at all, let alone that man was responsible for it. But there was, really? I think, 11% wow. in the poll said it's not happening at all. Well, <laughs> oh, that's um, great. So, I mean, and you go through the, and, and so... So there are skeptics of among us that, that it is that it is a are. catastrophic and b man caused. Right, and 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 I even and and my point in this monologue, and, and you'll see it uh, on Friday night, uh, eight p.m. Uh, Eastern. Jeffrey, thank you for thank you. Uh, laying that out. Uh, <laughs> are we going to see the? Uh, you'll see the. Yeah, no, you yeah, will not see the right now. I think uh, no, I'm not being ready. told that it's ready. The point is that <laughs> even if you believe it's man-made. Even if you believe it's entirely man-made, even if you believe it will be catastrophic in the future, you're still not anything other than a denier to Al Gore.
because to Al Gore, you have to believe that not only is it catastrophic right now, that a 20-foot sea level rise has already essentially occurred. He's been bragging about the fact that he predicted the New York flooding in his movie, which was caused by a 20-foot sea level rise. So unless you believe a 20-foot sea level rise is imminent at any moment, uh, you know, then you are a denier to these guys. And almost every scientist would be a denier by Al Gore's standards. It is really fascinating because they used to do this thing projecting out so that they, their, their yeah. theory could not yes. be disproven. Right. Okay, in 15 to 20 years, this will happen. In 50 to 100 years, this will happen. By the end of the century, it will be uh, an 18-inch sea level rise in New Orleans and other mm-hmm. sea towns will be uh, underwater, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, I, I don't buy that, but whatever. Um, and then now, though, now, because they can't get anybody on board with that or enough of the actual people of the planet to believe that now they've had to ratchet up their rhetoric to where it's right now it's catastrophic now i show me one catastrophic climate situation no where i can't they're going to point to every catastrophic talk to every negative point to every negative weather event and you can't none of them have have killed the planet i mean we've always had Severe weather. Always. Yes. We always will. We were looking at. Uh, I was looking at a picture of night from 1911 of the Great Freeze, where uh, Niagara Falls froze. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's an amazing yeah, yeah. picture, and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Come I mean, on now. That's uh-huh. someone posted this on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but it was it was a generally speaking was we it wouldn't it have been wonderful to live in this magical time where there was not extreme weather. <laughs> it's <laughs> yes. like there wasn't a time like that. That's the yeah. point. There's no, there's no time. There's always been extreme weather. And we've talked about these. There's not an increase in these horrible events like droughts, like uh, dr- uh, floods, like uh, tornadoes. And obviously hurricanes are getting none of them at the moment. Um, and it happened for about a decade. So the idea that we're in this, mo- this horrible moment of extreme weather is ridiculous. Of course the numbers are going to go up when it comes to damages because we yeah. keep moving all of our buildings towards the water. And that's going to, yes, increase the numbers as far as dollars go when it comes to damages because when a storm hits, it's going to do more. What they love to do, though, is talk, is talk drought and floods mm-hmm. and, and, this, and fires. Like, f- yes. fires are global warming, too? Everything How about is. overforestation? How about that being a cause? No, 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 that's not. No, uh-uh. That, nothing, none, none of our policies have anything to do with what's going on. No, of course not. It's never them. It's always us. It's just and that's, the gov- that's a progressive government for you, right? Yeah. It's never the government. It's always the people. Yeah. The people are doing things like keeping themselves comfortable in their homes and being able to, to drag their kids to soccer practice, which they? is ruining the country. How dare it's they always them. It's never us. And, you know, that's the, the mm-hmm. way they look at it. Exactly. Triple eight seven two seven back. More Pat and Stu coming up. Uh, we have this awesome game uh, that I absolutely I, I love this game, and I think you will too. And with Christmas coming up, this is the perfect Christmas gift. You get hundreds of historical facts uh, that are featured in the family game Historical Conquest. It's a journey through time, and it uses real historical figures like George Washington and Nikola Tesla and the Knights Templar and hundreds more. And talks about really cool things like uh, things that. A lot of times you just don't know. Like the neutral states in the Civil War. Did you know there were neutral states? <laughs> I think you to take a stance on that one. Um, many of the border <laughs> states were neutral. Missouri was. New York was neutral. Hmm. West Virginia was neutral. Delaware was neutral. Why? Because their, the population was so split that they couldn't really go one way or the other. 
and not have their own civil war within the civil war. Now, Joe Biden was not neutral in the Delaware mm. uh, thing. He went to Katie's restaurant. Uh, oh, right. And he right, was right. able to. And uh, Home Depot hung out there. Every day. Home Depot the all the time back in the day and hung out with all the cards. Uh, you know, we're close to Christmas. Obviously, it's the time you're doing Christmas shopping. Uh, if you have someone, uh, you know, if you have a teenager or, um, uh, you know, a kid that is learning history, what a great time to be able to spend actual time having conversations with them, mm -hmm. talk, telling them about real history. You know, it gets to that point where you'd love to be able to teach them these things. However, they don't care about you. They're not interested, uh, sadly. Um, so but when they're playing a fun <laughs> game, they wind up learning this stuff all the time. Well, but for you, it's always been that way. I mean, for a lot of parents, it, actually, there's like a time period where they do care. Um, different than Jeff. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the game is called Historical Conquest, and it's going to bring history to life for you and your family. That's why the website is bringhistorytolife.com. Bringhistorytolife.com. Blaze viewers will receive an additional 10% discount. It's a fun, educational way to spend time with your family and support a great American company as well. Makes a great gift. Go, go there. Go right now to bringhistorytolife.com. That's bringhistorytolife.com. Stu, triple eight seven two seven back. As I put up on my Facebook page last night, and by the way, thumb up me on Facebook if you would. Uh, just go there right now and just do that thumb right up. No, that's <laughs> the way you say it. It, mm -hmm. like it sounds about. like you're saying something else. No, nah, I'm saying thumb up me on <laughs> Facebook. Not in real life. I mean, a thumb up me. I'm not sure could mean a different thing. I think in real life. Hmm. But on Facebook, it just means. Thumb right up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, again, I don't think you should say it uh, like that. By the way, we, um, I have a page, too, and you can do that as well. You have a page? I do. I do. I do want like thumb up you. How about you? Have I you have a page as well, up? yeah. Jeff Fisher Radio. You can thumb up me there anytime. My, my preference would be that you like my Facebook page. But that's what thumb up you hmm. is. No, yeah, that's what you we're say talking like about. That, Heart me on Facebook, same thing. Same thing. Heart me, thumb up me, all of those things. Why would you say thumb up me? Because there's a thumb that goes up, and that's what you click that's on. Okay. Okay. Thumb up you. <laughs> all right. Alrighty. Uh, but as I put on the Facebook page uh, late last night, because I couldn't sleep for the second consecutive night, um, uh, Obama did this weird thing. He, they got the Obamas because supposedly they're big. We're big fans of the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Are you secret Muslims? Are you? Oh, stop it. <laughs> is that on they the got, Facebook page? You know what it is. They got no, their little not. Christmas show canceled. <laughs> from, uh, they got their little Christmas show at the White House canceled, so they had to make their way right. onto the Charlie Brown special. Exactly right. And they did. So it was the 50th anniversary of it. And, of course, they're not secret Muslims. So don't, don't start that because it's... it's Lionel, I think, come on. is. Uh, Lionel might be. My, Lionel, Lionel is, Lionel is? Yeah. or Linus? Are you talking or about Linus? Linus? Yeah, Linus. Oh, Linus, yes, right now. Uh, anyway, they're on there and they're talking about the true meaning yeah. of Christmas, and they completely leave out the true meaning of Christmas. It is. It, it's just. I mean, these two are just unbelievable. I. I, I just, uh, so Linus goes through Luke, <laughs> chapter two, eight through fourteen, communicating. You know the actual Christmas story. And what does Christmas mean? Well, it's about the birth of Jesus Christ. What does Michelle say? Well, first, first Barack starts out. Uh, we want to wish a happy 50th anniversary 
to one of our country's <laughs> most beloved traditions. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, he said. Then Michelle follows up, and she nails it. <laughs> to, to teach us the true meaning of Christmas, here's what she says. They teach us that tiny trees just need a little love, and that on this holiday, we celebrate peace on earth and goodwill toward all, because, as Linus knows, that's what Christmas is all about. What? Okay, what? What the hell? So the true meaning of Christmas is that tiny trees just need a little love <laughs> <laughs> and peace on earth, goodwill to men, or to all. all. Because they would never say goodwill to men because that, of course, is sexist and wrong and bigoted and horrific. And also they say that's racist. holiday, too. I mean, and look, obviously holiday. Christmas is a holiday, but I mean, it's a, right. that, that is unbelievable because you can... If you want to do a goodwill, I'm going on a Christmassy show type of thing. There's a million options to go on that don't recite Luke. Yes. You know, you could go on yes. a lot of these specials. You could go to go on Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 that and, and that of course is about forced slavery. Right. And that's and what, go ahead and talk about that and how wrong it is. Right. <laughs> you know, and what a slave driver uh, Santa was. Exactly. And a bigot. Against he the handicapable. He was actually awful. Oh my gosh. My kids were just <laughs> he watching that. Seriously, was. I mean, Santa's a jerk. In that movie, awful. Not to, uh, Santa's, Santa's a jerk. honestly a jerk. Santa's in that got movie. a lot of work to do. The reindeer yeah, games guy is a jerk. My favorite part his of that movie. dad is a jerk. We'll talk about it again this year. But my favorite part of that movie is when <laughs> is when uh, uh, I love, Rudolph. I love that movie. Rudolph is of course the best flyer in all of the young. Too bad reindeer. he had a good takeoff too. And and he jumps across and his nose, his black nose that he put over his actual nose pops off, <laughs> and then he starts to glow. <laughs> And so everybody's making fun of him. And Santa says, oh, ho, ho. shame on you. And because his, his father comes yeah. up and is like, shame on you, Donder. Uh, he, and he was such a good flyer, too. Shame on you for having a son with a red nose. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he should be ashamed no, of Santa himself. Santa was pissed that he was trying to hide. Because of his son? He was trying to hide the handicap. <laughs> Really, he's he's a real terrible. jerk. And then the dad's like, yo, get out of here, yeah. you bastard. It's like, oh, that was the girl's, dad, the girl's dad. What's that? Yeah, the girl's dad. That's his, his dad is also a jerk in that movie. But yeah, the girl's the dad girl's is really dad is, bad. Yeah. The girl, I mean, the girl is the only one. Clarice. Yeah, Clarice. This instant young lady. Yeah. Clarice is great. Is, yeah. is the only one. Clarice is the only it. nice person other than Rudolph yeah. in the whole thing. Well, you got the, the, whole the, thing. the dad, just Herbie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, once you get to the Misfit Toys, you, you get yeah. some people that are... Uh, they were independent <laughs> together. But again, but I, I'll give you I'll give some... Uh, it's Herman. a terrible story we all grew up with, of course. Yeah, I mean, and I so love no it. wonder we're, we're the type of people we are. I yes. do, too. I love it. <laughs> but, I mean, Hermie, the dentist... Uh, uh, okay, so he wants to be a dentist. All right, you want to be a dentist, that's fine. But your mm. job is to make some freaking toys. So when, what you do... So like, now you're like, pissed at Hermie. You're not, you're right. Like, like, for example, I, uh, for a long okay. time, wanted to uh, be on the radio. Before I was on radio, I scheduled deliveries uh, for furniture. If uh, I was, uh, while scheduling deliveries for furniture, did monologues to all the clients, I would be an idiot and should mm -hmm. get fired. That's mm -hmm. what Hermie's doing. He's making <laughs> dentist toys instead mm -hmm. of the toys that he's required to make. <laughs> Putting, <laughs> it, it, fusing dentistry with your job is not, not the good. answer there. No, he should have been fired. Answer. You're right. You're should right. Should have been fired. Oh, so. Uh, where were we again? No, but there are plenty of movies like that you could go right. on, yeah. and you could talk about the true meaning of that was right. was trees to, to be nasty and trees, silver and, and gold, need a little lives. love, whatever. Right. So instead, they say 
specifically mentioning Linus. Yep. That's what Christmas is all about. Yeah. When, when, when he's talking about When he's Luke. talking about the birth of Christ. Right. Again, Luke 2, Man. 8 through 14. Jeez. He specifically recites Bible verses in like the only known instance of this in television history. Right. Even during like, I don't think Moses had any Bible verses in it. I don't think so. You guys went so. saw it. They had rock people. Okay, in yeah. Moses. But this Christmas special, the one thing that is, I mean, this is probably why they did it, but it's the one thing that is so closely associated with Jesus and Christianity and all these wonderful things that the one piece <clears throat> of actual faith left in Christmas on mainstream television, mm-hmm. and they got to come in and tell you it's about little it trees. Had, it had never been done in the history of animation where they recited scripture. And, I, and as you pointed out, I don't know if it's been done in many live-action movies ever or television yeah. shows. Even back then, in the 50s and 60s, you just you didn't do this stuff. You just didn't do it. And they did it, and it became a classic, and people love it. And so it's such an important part that everybody kind of latches onto and says, yes, there's one that actually, that really, in fact, does teach my children the true meaning of, of Christmas. And they, and they turn it into this. I, I, they're the worst. They're just, they're horrific. I've huh? heard that before. Probably. They're the worst. Well, yeah. They were the, the worst? I hear, yeah, the you worst. know, and as I put on my Facebook page, by the way, thumb up me on, on Facebook, um, the, she's accomplishing her goal that she stated she back in 2008, we need to change, Barack knows, we need to change our conversation. Mm, that's it. We need to change our traditions. We need to change our history. Well, is this part of that? I, I think it is. I think that's what they're doing there. Almost every step they make is part of that. You're, you're trying to change the true meaning of, of Christmas to it teaches us that tiny trees just need a little love? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking? Are you mad? I, that's just unbelievable. It's really seriously unbelievable. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. More patents to is coming up in a second. Uh, teaches us the tiny trees just mean a little love. All trees matter. All trees. Oh, what, you racist? Yep. Only black trees matter. Only black trees matter. <laughs> snowflake uh can you show the snowflake again uh for a second because there's kind of a cool story that used to be the Saks fifth avenue snowflake of course it had a top at that time but it broke somewhere along the line but isn't that cool that was that was uh that was one of the big uh decorations for Saks fifth avenue and the one in new york city not like the one in like no right not the one that's in the mall (laughs) right in in the discount mall uh that's off Saks. the one that you would see in the the actual movies and the you know Mm -hmm. christmas uh, parades and such yeah Mm -hmm. so it's kind of cool it's the macy's parade but you know that type of vibe you know it's it's a big one it is. It is a really big one. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. We were just talking about the uh, holiday special. Uh, some other kind of fun things. Um, Daily Mail has a little segment on uh, mothers who shared their children's festive heart, uh, holiday or festive ho- Christmas card fails. 
including naked families, uh, phallic like these. reindeer, and cheeky elves. I'm not going to like them? You're not going to like these. Really? You've yeah. seen the pictures? Yes. I haven't seen the pictures. Yes, you're not going to like these. Why? You're just not. I'm just telling you. Are they, uh, seriously? Yeah. Are they bad? Yes. Turn around. Should we not do this? I mean. Turn around. Uh, Look right behind now. you right now. Well, show it so I don't have oh, to well. turn around on camera. Oh, oh my. See, now. <laughs> There's more of that to come. Um, but what was that supposed to be? I, I, wonder. I Just a, a spoon? A, a, yes, a giant spoon. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. Mother, yes. mother called Fiona helped her son make this reindeer card by following a Pinterest tutorial. Afterwards, she realized the nose looked a lot like something else. And then there was this. Our, I don't know. If we're... Yeah, I told you. Yeah, uh, you probably... know what? You're right. Let's... Uh... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. We get yeah it. Okay. We got it. If you wanna, if you wanna see that, you can go somewhere on the internet and <laughs> see it. Yeah, you were right, Jeffy. Yeah, that was a good call. It was a good call on that. Jeffy, wow, showing standards. How about that? Wow. Oh, I mean, I, I, I looked through every one to make sure that they were good for the show. <laughs> just so you know, I wanted to make sure that they were sure. Okay. Sure. All right. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. The U.S. government reveals the breadth of requests for internet records. FBI has used a secretive authority to compel internet and telecommunications firms. I love this to hand over customer data including an individual's complete web browsing history and records of all online purchases. Um, documents are believed to be the first time the government has provided details of its so-called national security letters, which are used by the FBI to conduct electronic surveillance without the need for court approval. How, I mean, how is, this, how is this even close to constitutional? It's too hard to get approval. It's supposed to be hard. Yeah, but I want to do it. Yeah, I know you do. And I'm good. No. I, well, see, you don't understand is I'm a good person, and I'm going to use these things for good right. ways. And never do anything wrong. And I'm not going to do anything right. wrong. Right. Now, right. you might disagree with that. But, I do. But, I'm, yeah, I do. but the point is, it's too hard. Jeez. That's, that's really what, they, what their argument is. It's too hard. Now, look, is there a, a ticking time bomb situation that they always talk about that could theoretically happen? Yes, theoretically it could. Um, but again, uh, you know, in those situations, what do you do? I always say this about, like, you know, what do, what did Mar what do uh, protesters do? Uh, they broke laws because they thought they were in a situation where they had to break laws. And what did they do with it? They, they dealt with the consequences. Right. If you're Jack Bauer and you're in the, uh, the, the situation mm -hmm. where you feel like I've got to do something that, uh, you know, is illegal, well, you do it and deal with the consequences if you feel like it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, here's the thing. Here's, here's one of the big problems with this. Uh, the Patriot Act has been used... I, I just read this statistic a while ago, but I, and I can't remember exactly what it was. But eighty-nine—I think it was eighty-nine percent of the time—for drug offenses. Well, that is not what. Uh, now, is that a good way to? Right. Is the are is drugs it good illegal? to get drugs yes. off the streets? Yes. I don't want my kids being sold drugs. However, that's not what the Patriot Act was about. The Patriot Act was to stop terrorists you from killing this, Americans. You said this uh, earlier today, which was, it was shock and awe. We were told one thing was going to happen yeah. and something yes. else did. It's the same thing with same this. Same thing. Uh, we were same told thing. one thing was going to happen and something else has. And, yes. and, you know, even if you, because uh, you know, I think it was uh, Trump was saying we need to fully reinstitute the uh, Patriot Act. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine what oh, Donald yeah. Trump would do with the Patriot Act? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Holy he would crap. shut down people who say... Oh, 
his hair is crooked or whatever. Disabled he, reporters, look out. Uh, you're you're wow. going to be a new target. Doom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> imagine that. Uh, so it's, despicable. It's, uh, comical, if not so dangerous. Um, and this is kind of interesting because the filing came out as a result of an 11-year legal battle waged by Nicholas Merrill. This guy's a hero. Uh, he's the founder of Calix Internet Access. It's a service provider. And he refused to comply with one of these national security letters in 2004. They said, hey, we want information on whatever. He says, no, I'm not giving it to you. I'm not going to. And so he's been battling them all this time. Merrill told Reuters the release was significant because the public deserves to know how the government is gathering information without warrants on Americans, get this, who are not even suspected of a crime. Hmm. So this stuff is being used. The FBI is going to, to Internet providers and demanding access to your history, all your records, all your purchases. For what purpose? If you're not even suspected of a crime, why would you? Why? I mean, I don't know what they're using this for. I don't either. Could be to blackmail people. It might be a marital relation thing. It might be. It can't be. Do, it can't be used that way. Who's really good at uh, on this with stories that will show you how <laughs> bad it has gotten is Judge Napolitano. Because remember, he's told us some yeah, he's stories, stories a couple times that were unbelievable. They'll cur- curl your toes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can, will not be for the Patriot Act after that, I guarantee it. Yeah, I mean, look, the Patriot Act, as it was passed, was something and else. We were all and, about it and, and at it, the time. And, and, and uh, you know, the guy who wrote it has said specifically that it is not being used the way that it was designed to be used. And we all know that. We, we all know, all that. know and, that. And I think, again, similar to what we just mm-hmm. talked about with, uh, with war uh, last hour, if you missed it, you can go back and get the podcast at blaze.com slash radio. Um, but if you go and you... Uh, what, I've, what I've developed over time, as far as my, my own personal uh, political philosophy, is not looking at an issue and saying, is it good or bad? The Patriot Act, I did that with. I said, you looked at it, okay, we're in a period of terror. These things are actually seemingly uh, okay, the way they're written. Um, Maybe we could do this. But you have to factor in that the government grabs for power with each new opportunity. Um, You have to factor in the government incompetence um, that factors in. War was the example there. It's not whether you like the war or not. You have to factor in that these guys are never going to be able to do it right. So you have to take that into your account when you decide whether the war is good or not. And when you factor those things in, you wind up basically not wanting the government to have any more power um, and, uh, and actually considerably less. Uh, so I, that's, where I, that's how I've developed, I think, over time when it comes to war and, and spying and all of those things. Uh, Keith Malinak has uh, walked into the uh, studio. I actually called Keith in um, uh, secretly um, to ask him a, a couple of stories. Can you, can you talk into Jeffy's does breast to, for a moment? Does he get to talk into my chest? Yes. Uh, oh, come two, on, baby. Two stories uh, Keith has brought up um, that relate to what we're talking about directly, uh, both of which I was interested in but not quite interested enough to actually read. So <laughs> I brought Keith in, who actually has read them. One story, Keith, let's start with um, on the spying issue. You have a, a Glenn Greenwald uh, op-ed talking about how people are blaming Snowden for the Paris uh, shootings. Uh, can you kind of walk through some of you know? Can you the, walk us through. Walk us through. Right, that right. Story. Sorry, I wish I'd brought the printed version. I scribbled all over. But basically, um, this gut reaction that hey, Paris wouldn't have happened if Edward Snowden hadn't leaked our secrets uh, around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn uh, Greenwald uh, has written this awesome editorial that basically says 
that argument is completely bogus. Um, he goes back and says uh, that the FBI has been talking about how they can't uh, break through uh, these uh, codes, uh, these encrypted uh, codes that terrorists have been using. This goes back to the mid-90s. They've mm. been talking about this on the record. And so to say this is a new thing is completely um, just, uh, it's, it's a non-starter. And I love this um, this point that, that uh, Greenwald makes. Um, uh, uh, shoot, I wish I had the thing. But basically, you the government's right argument, there, yeah, I don't have it highlighted and stuff. I can't find that exact thing. Yeah, Keith, well, this is something you need to know is that Keith, scribbles uh, endless notes on all the stories he prints for us <laughs> mm -hmm. so that we know what he forks. thinks. Uh, a lot of times it will say forks or That's spoons. Right. It so, is, yeah. but, but the bottom line is that if the government doesn't have access to every communication in the world, they get to blame mm -hmm. a, a whistleblower or anyone for, for mm -hmm. something that happens. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a great editorial. And, I would highly urge And it's it. a ridiculous standard, obviously. I mean, I, to me, and we've talked about this a little bit on, on radio, even if it does hurt our defense on terrorism. That doesn't mean you get to break the Constitution to do it. Right. It doesn't mean you get this right. fancy opportunity to just start trampling over the Constitution because you believe it will help. That, that, that is not the way the society is lined up and is not the way the society is designed for a really good set of reasons. Um, the other one, Keith, uh, is there any more you want to do on yeah, Greenwald? Well, he, he, he had his do boy bring him his paperwork. I see you were flipping through that. <laughs> I think uh, we covered it as okay. good as we can. The other one is uh, you gave me a story about the Internet and the control, and there was three judges that were in control of the Internet. Uh, you, that one's definitely not in this stack. No. But basically it's going to come down to um, uh, what you just said. Three <laughs> judges are going to decide the future of the Internet. You just read the Forks. headline, didn't you? Right. But, yeah. but no, the, I read the story. I yeah. read that story, and I, I posted that story over the, over the break. Did you get a thumbs up? Uh, Did anyone thumb up you? Yeah, they thumbed up. Okay, good. And uh, and so thumb those up are, me again because really I'm mentioning you. Get a thumb up you. Uh, but but the thing is, uh, th that is being spun as though this is a really bad thing because they could take away uh, our opportunity to have uh, uh, freedom on the internet and and these. Uh, internet providers might be able to uh, to mess up occasionally your uh, internet access. Well, what the hell? What are you talking about? It, these internet providers own the, the, the service that they're providing you. And if they want to mess it up, they can, as we've talked about on this. Yeah, that was their whole argument. The whole spin the of the yeah. three guys are going to decide internet was all about whether or not they allow the uh, um, net neutrality thing to continue. They're trying to shut it down. Good. And they should yes, shut good. it down. Because our internet access, our internet experience is unlike any experience we've ever had in the history of the world. Which is why we Every, need to fix it, Pat. We need yeah, to make it, it better. That's exactly be what so they're selfish. saying. That's exactly what they're saying. Well, look, uh, someday somebody might do something that you <laughs> yeah. don't like on the internet. We're going to fix that. No, you're not going to. Uh, we're, we, we understand that we are having a great experience on the Internet this minute, and that's been the case since the, the inception of the Internet. The net neutrality thing needs to be ended by these three guys. Uh, it needs to be stopped. I think the, the compelling angle of the story is that as they try to uh, figure out how these guys are going to vote, you can't predict 
any of the three no, and how they can't. Do it. No, you can't. <laughs> That's what's that so is, funny. That is true. And and they'll probably uphold it and it'll probably not go the way I want it to. Because judges never rule the way I want them to. Uh, more patents do coming up in a sec. We got a spoon segment we gotta get. Oh yes. Spoons. What's that? It's that pie in the face. We're gonna again, we're, we're gonna throw rocks at you this time. This is a little bit of a different game. It's called Rock in the Face. It doesn't sound as much fun. No, it's fun for us. It'll be great. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Uh, every once in a while, just so we can eat, we do uh, something really special. I mean, well, it's for science. Oh, okay. uh, I mean, obviously, it's for science. You're talking about spoons, right? Yes, because that yeah. uh, we never, ever, ever no, do that. No, that, that's that's for science. Mm -hmm. And um, apparently, Oreos come out with uh, Oreos come out with two holiday flavors, two ah, Christmas flavors. Kind of excited about these, actually. Peppermint and uh, gingerbread. You can't eat these. These are made with 100% animal intestine. No, no, they're not. Yeah. Well, One, I mean, unless they're lying on the But 100% flavored animal intestine. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, you better not have any. But it doesn't say that in any of the... And that way, Chubby no, and I will ingredients. eat them. I'm pretty sure they did a, a <laughs> big expose on Dateline last week. Yeah, they about, did. Uh, yeah. You're pretty how sure they're you lying know? and keeping that yes. off of the ingredient list. And how people that uh, aren't, don't want to eat animal intestines should be really <laughs> angry. I don't trust the media, so I won't trust Dateline. <laughs> Um, and this is so peppermint. Peppermint is the uh, first one up, and uh, peppermint is a good. Are you eating some or what? No, Natasha told me I couldn't open these. You what? Why? I don't know. She said they were just for looks. I do what she says. All right. Thought I was home. Thank Weird. you. You walked all the way over there for that. Well, I, I should have brought what? both, but I didn't think of it. How many do you want? What? Like three? Oh, a sleeve? <laughs> I mean, more than one. Is what I want. A sleeve? Is that okay? enough oh, for thank you? you. <laughs> I'm going to say the peppermint is delicious. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Now, do you, you eat like them? It? What's your uh, eating style? I pull okay. off the top, eat that, and then I eat the good part. Because right, let me, let me, I will say my kids, uh, <coughs> you know, they like Oreos. Mm -hmm. um, and then after they eat the Oreos, there's just a big pile of cookies. Like they oh, don't so even they eat lick the off cookies. The so they lick the off the cream, cream and yeah. put them down. Mm -hmm. But if you mm -hmm. take a bite like that, then dip it into the milk. This comes up full of milk, soaked. Oh, so good. Mm. No. Yeah, this is good. very good for throughout the holidays. So that's what you do. You take a bite, a bite. regular, then you dip the rest mm. of it in. What I like to do is I always <coughs> like to experience this <coughs> the way the designer meant it to be. You know, like, uh -huh. so I like to take a bite like this and really get the vibe of what they meant. Then, I, I agree, I like the corkscrew sort of like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like mm -hmm. to bite down. So you hit uh, hard ground, then pull back. <laughs> That's my style. Mm -hmm. Hi, John. All right. Uh, so you do both ways. And then pull back. Mm -hmm. Okay. That. Peppermint, very good for the holidays. I, like, peppermint's nope. a, a flavor I like, but I can't eat, like, an entire bag of peppermint cookies. Like, mm. I'm not, like, into that necessarily. I like peppermint a lot. I like it in ice cream. Mm -hmm. I like it in cookies. Gingerbread, I'm not that crazy about, but this is pretty good. I, really good I just ate the, the cookie top that's very gingerbready. Oh, so they actually are gingerbread cookies mm -hmm. on the, just the top? Because a, we'll, a lot of time, 
thought they might just do like a vanilla cookie and just do the gingerbread cream. That's what I was thinking, but it's very gingerbread. Like, even the cookie. It's good. Hmm. Mm. Really the, holiday. The scent is great. Yeah. Great gingerbread scent. I think these are a hit. Right? I do like them. Yeah, I like them a lot. Oh, these both are really good. Yeah. I approve of both of them. It seems like this, they've been out before around Christmas time. Have these they? Are standard holiday flavors. Gingerbread and peppermint. Peppermint seems like it has. I don't know about the gingerbread. Yeah, I'm not sure about the gingerbread, but I think I've seen the peppermint before. Mm. But really maybe good. not. Maybe this is a first. Um, meantime, with the last two minutes as we eat cookies, uh, we got a list of outrageous gifts that you can go out and buy. When money is no object. And for so many of us, that's the case, right? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you don't care how much it costs. You just buy it. Because we make so much money. I tell my wife, stop asking me yeah. what we're going to do for Christmas. Just get right. it. Just get it. Just buy whatever you want and bring it home. Mm -hmm. I don't care. That's the Jeffy way. Uh, here's number one. Uh, take the work out of cooking with a monster machine. Uh, what is this? The Thermomix TM5 is uh, perfect for anyone who says they don't have enough time to cook. It chops, blends, steams, and boils all in one. <laughs> but wait. Holy crap. There's awesome. more. It even has uh, recipes preloaded into its onboard computer, so it's pretty much impossible to mess up. And it only costs 1400 bucks. So That's I mean, not bad for that. Even if money is an object, you could almost afford that. Yeah, that's not bad save up that. and, that's, that's an expensive gift, obviously. But, I mean, people could do that. Uh, you don't have to be Glenn Beck to buy that. I know, it's expensive, but... Uh, uh, I'm going to skip... Oh, well, that Dogs travel in style, doghouse shaped. That's right. $1,112. That's, that's, that's dumb. Uh, that's stupid. Uh, not, not in a million years am I spending that on my Even if, dog. I, if money is no object. Right. I'm not buying that. Uh, treat your favorite fashionista to a pair of heels. These babies are $1,100. What are you doing Carrie Bradshaw. Uh, uh, do you, do you uh, I don't know who the designer is. We're on television. Hang easy, pump. Oh, we are? Okay. Uh, then you can splurge on one of the world's most famous and expensive wines. $1,700 per bottle, uh, 1926 Dom Perignon. Oh, if you're looking for something fizzy, uh, 1926 Dom Perignon is $28,000 per bottle. Just the so. $28,000? Yeah. Uh, update your kitchen with a solid silver pan. Oh, that's nice. For $5,365. You know, Trump's got a whole set of those. Now, tomorrow we need to get to the ridiculously high-end TV for the movie buff. This is something up my alley. Ah, $12,000.